gotta stop meeting like this. So get this, I'm wrapping an interview with Sugarfire's Mike Johnson. My gear's packed up, I'm walking out the door, when this guy walks in with a posse. Mike perks up, and it's not just because one of the people in the posse has an Australian accent. I can tell the guy at the front of the pack is important. He's carrying a book. He opens it up for Mike. I want to have you sign all three of your pages. Okay. Yeah. So. Turns out it's Alan Dietrich, who not only literally wrote the book on good American barbecue, he helps good Americans find it. I am the developer of an app for barbecue called QFinder. And uh, what it is is has a restaurant locator with over 6,000 barbecue restaurants in and around the world. And of all the barbecue joints in the world, I run into them here. I mean, I, I go to, um, I've been to Pappy's, I've been to Smokey O's, I'm good friends with Cedric, who's their pit master there. It's just a young kid, but, you know, you get to know these people over the years. Um, CK's barbecue here, they have the best pigs, pigs and outs around. But uh, anyway, um, so I just, you know, I stop at different cities around the country um, and I know all these barbecue people and I've created my, I've spent 10 years on the road shooting my book um, called Barbecue Culture in America. It's an evolving culture, something's different every day. And so that's that's a little bit of what I do. That's so. very cool. I mean, like, the thing is, it is a culture, though. It seems like that is something that barbecue, it has different flavors and flares in different places in the country, but it really is a cultural thing. The funny thing is, you don't see pig snout anywhere but St. Louis. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... The culture is that is things are passed down from one generation to the other, and people love that that currently do barbecue love passing things on. Most of the pictures in my book are behind the scenes. Pitmasters will take you back and show you their pits and their secrets, and you know a lot of people don't get to see that. I do because I asked. You know, um, so it's you know just a real cool thing. I never thought you'd ask, hungry carnivorous listener, but we're taking you behind the scenes anyway. A little southern, a little spicy, smoky, saucy, sexy. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, of course, we're talking barbecue. Now, I know you probably have your favorite spots and there are so many great places to try around here, but unfortunately, there's only so much time in the day and in this podcast. So I sat down with the guys behind three of the best known spots in town, Sugar Fire, Salt and Smoke, and Pappy's. They'll spill their thoughts on sauce. That's the way I like it. I'll grill them on their pitmaster secrets and their menu misfires. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's, it happens. And we'll get their tips for planning the raddest cookout ever. Spoiler alert, one of them has both Taylor Swift and Tchaikovsky on the playlist. Like any good party, we're about to get weird. Here in St. Louis, are we as good at barbecue as we like to think we are? Okay, let me pause to explain why I asked Alan the question in this way. Recently, a new coworker who's not from St. Louis very innocently asked, wait, isn't Kansas City the one known for their barbecue? And being the defensive St. Louis and I am, I shut her down fast and I told her we're the ones who are really perfecting it. We've had a surge in the number of barbecue joints opening in the last few years and hey, that's not for nothing. But to be honest, that was a pretty fair question. And I know some of you listening to this podcast aren't from here. You're downloading this from around the world. 
Sidebar, that's super cool. So why are we talking about this and what gave St. Louis its place on the map in the barbecue world? Well, it might be our place on the actual map. Sugar Fire's Mike Johnson says our place in the heart of the U.S. is the spirit of our cooking. Because we're in the middle of like a barbecue triangle, I guess, between Kansas City, Memphis, and Texas, we get to do brisket Texas style, which is the best, I think. And I do my ribs Memphis style, which I think is the best. And I do our poor Kansas City style, which I think is the best. Because all these places do everything different, so we can kind of pull the best of each region. I go to Pappy's all the time. I go to Bogart's all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all we're all really good friends. Yeah. I actually had a, um, a barbecue restaurant, that, a small one, call me last night. I, I showed you the text yeah. at uh, 11 o'clock. Our smokers are down. Can we come use your smoker to cook our food? And I'm like, no problem. Yeah, awesome. So there's another restaurant actually right by here using our smoker to <laughs> cook their food right now. Yeah. So it's kind of like a family, you know. It's like a family, but you're also the a business person. family. Yeah. yeah, you're also a business person. Yeah, though, yeah but there's enough room to, for everybody, I think. We, I, I, I do fine. I don't care. Yeah, you think you St. Louis I, is going to... I like to see other people do good. I'm not like, you know, there's a lot of haters out there. But I personally, I love it when I see my friends doing awesome and making a lot of money. It's not just the business side of things that's sweeter than you might expect. More on that in a moment. Now let's get back to the question. Here in St. Louis, are we as good at barbecue as we like to think we are? You know, I really like St. Louis. Yeah, you have some of the great barbecue places here uh, in St. Louis. I love the, uh, the the sauce profiles here. You know, Mike's got eight different ones or whatever, but, you know, kind of the sweet St. Louis style. Um, I like that. Uh, then we have our sweet sauce. This is our most popular sauce. Uh, St. Louis is a sweet sauce town. It is basically molasses, brown sugar, ketchup, Worcestershire, cider vinegar. There's no nothing too offensive in there or spicy or anything like that. It's a basic, um, just a basic, really good sauce. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up eating that mall barbecue sauce. I don't know if you remember yes, that. Yes, of course. Yeah. So that was like the big thing growing up was cook everything and pour malls all over it. And um, yeah, you don't baste your barbecue. You got to maul it. Yeah. Um, and, People just love the sauce here. Malls, the original St. Louis-style sauce, was first bottled here in 1926. The company shut down and the sauce was taken off store shelves before it came back under new ownership last year. Makers boast they still use the Mall family original recipe with the same 20 ingredients. It may have actually sparked our preference for sweet and tangy over spiced and smoky. Though, turns out, we're pretty sweet on all varieties of the sauce. Sauce, I mean, you know, I'm all over the place, and people are like, no, you can't sauce that. In Texas, they hate sauce, you know. Um, so in St. Louis, I, I believe, has, has more, um, eats more barbecue sauce than anywhere else in, in, in the world, is what I'm told. So I don't know, you can probably Googleize it or something. But I had uh, actually got interviewed. You're supposed to be the expert. Yeah. What are you talking about? I did Googleize it, and he's probably right. A 2015 St. Louis Magazine article notes that not only do we consume more barbecue sauce than anywhere else in the world, we're way ahead. We buy about twice as much as most Americans, including our neighbors in Kansas City, whose style is defined by practically drowning their meat in sauce. For you. And do you need a receipt today? All right, have a great afternoon. Thank you. But as Mike said, saucing your barbecue is sacrilegious to some in the barbecue world. And John Matthews from Pappy's reminds us this isn't just an American thing. Different areas of the country have different styles of sauce. And you can bring in international flavors, uh, Korean barbecue. Um, you can go down to the islands where, you know, a lot of the jerk chicken and things like that. Bringing all those flavors together. It's whatever works for you. So what do our local guys say? These are all tomato-based. 
which is a little unique in the, that's pretty much Midwest. First, here's John at Pappy's, where they slow smoke their meats for hours. It is delicious. The meat is good just on its own. If you like a little sauce, we've got you covered, but uh, as we like to say, the sauce is on the side because there's nothing to hide. You could just say, you know what, guys, we're not offering sauces because our food is meant to be eaten without sauce. What is your perspective on the role of sauce? I think, yeah, you could do that for a novelty perspective, but I think you might turn off a good percentage of the population to say, sorry, there's no sauce on this. That's kind of certain places where you go get a hot dog and they won't serve you ketchup. It's kind of like, wait a minute, this is America. If I want to put sauce on it, I want to put sauce on it. So what do you think about, where do you stand personally on the whole thing? Uh, I like our sauces. I don't think it, 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 as I said earlier, sauce is on the side. If you want a little bit of sauce to dab it in for flavor, that's the way I like it. Doug, do you have some hands for these? Trying to appease the demographics that we're, we're working with here in the Midwest. And we started out with this. We've talked about changing things, but it's worked out so well that it's like, you know what, stay consistent. Um, I'm a fan of having people have the option to do what they want to do. It seems like it's almost creating a different type of style all on its own then, yeah? Correct. Yeah, I agree with that. Now that you mention it, it's a... Uh, I mean, we've created one heck of a brand here at Pappy's. We've been very blessed the past 11 years. It's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. I also really like the salt and smoke sauce selection. Say that one 10 times fast. They even have cutesy names like My Sweet Bestie and their spicy I Can't Even. But owner Tom Schmidt. Oh, hey, I'm Tom. Could live without it. It's a foil, right? Like it's there if, as an accent for fun. You want to try different flavors, but I mean, I don't, I don't use barbecue sauce when I eat our food. I really don't, uh, in part because, you know, everybody's trying to avoid sugar. But, um, but yeah, you, you shouldn't need it. It should be something fun that you like the flavors with that, that ac accent and, you know, kind of elevate whatever you're having. But if the barbecue's right, you shouldn't need it. And you should always try it without the barbecue sauce first. So why even offer sauces? Uh, well, you have to. I mean, it's fun. It's part of the culture. It's part of, you know, trying different things and just, you know, it, you, if a french fry is perfect, you're not going to not also serve ketchup, but um, but you, you want to have that option. You want to make sure the french fry is perfect and have the ketchup. So, so same you're not, concept. you're not too snobby for the sauces, in fact. No, you can eat whatever you want. It's your food. You can you can have it however you want. People that get upset about well-done steaks or any of that stuff, is that's always been bizarre to me. Like, it's your food. You eat it however you want. We want to make sure it's good enough that you don't have to use it for it to be edible, for you to enjoy it. But if you want to use it, heck yeah. And when we find a good thing, we just can't have too much of it. Carolina mustard style. St. Louis is a really German town. When we opened our South City location, really German part of town. And we were like, we thought somebody was accidentally dumping out gallons of the Musterlina uh, because it, it was just going so fast. And we're like, oh, no, it's just the German heritage down here is really loving it. Right now we're going through about 40,000 gallons of sauce a year. Mike from Sugar so, Fire. Wow. That's a lot, I think. That's so many. I think it, I think it should have been more, but I don't, I don't know. That's, not, that's what they said. 40,000 gallons. That's, what, that's what we made last year is 40,000 gallons. I don't have it here. I, I can pull some out. The best sauce of all time. We make a green barbecue sauce. And I think we're the only people in the country that make it. We're, we're starting to bottle it. But we made it with, with uh, Sriracha Granada. So it's called, um, we made it instead of with tomatoes, uh, red tomatoes made with green tomatoes. So it's it's, oh, yeah. it's the best uh, sauce you ever had with pork. 
Um, I'll have him bring some out. Be hey, Joshy, awesome. we got any of that green barbecue sauce? Uh, that one right here. Right here. Oh, cool. Yeah, right in our face. Yeah, so let's talk about that. We call this uh, actually, I think it's actually called sweet green heat in the bottles, but it's tomatillos, it's um, it's uh, sriracha granada, and then basically other stuff, that cider vinegar, molasses, that kind of thing that goes into a barbecue sauce. Delicious. So good. You do that? Yeah. And just imagine that on pork, like green chili and pork is the classic combination. That is so good. So delicious, I know. Yeah, I, I love it. How does sauce play a role in your menu here? Well, I mean, mostly it plays a role in the specials. Like we try and, we have a chef in each location and the chef in each location has to follow the, the basics like the brisket and pork and all the main things. But after that, they pretty much have creative license to do whatever they want to. And uh, I mean, a lot of it's in conjunction with me. Like I'm on our social media all day and I'll, if I see a, something that looks disgusting, me and you know in some other town I'll, I'll just like shoot him a text and say hey you gotta you gotta take that off right now <laughs> you know I'm sorry it's, it happens you know really it happens Any all the time I've seen think Call him out. Uh, I saw the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my whole life one time. One of our locations ran something called the Cookie Monster. And they put a chocolate chip cookie on a pork sandwich. And I just said, I just I said, pull it down right now. I can't, I, I can't. So even you have limits with that? I have limits. But the potential of each of these guys seems limitless. Sugar Fire is expanding across the country. Pappy's and its sibling restaurants, Bogart's and Daly's, are legendary. Salt and Smoke is quickly becoming a favorite and opening spots throughout the metro. Plus, they're really racking up national awards between the three of them. So I can't talk to them for this podcast without getting their top tips for the perfect barbecue. So I think the biggest tip, and I only give this one because I've failed at it so many times, uh, if you're barbecuing, really like going low and snow, slow, not grilling but we're talking about barbecue um, give yourself more time you know the meat uh, is ready when the meat is ready and sometimes that doesn't line up with when your guests are showing up or when they expect to eat and you don't want to rush it uh, so you can always you know I would start if you think your ribs are gonna take four hours so you're like oh they're coming at seven I'll put them on at three I'd put them on at one you know give yourself a couple extra hours and then when they're ready you can always wrap them and hold them in low in the oven or something like that, but that's a better option than it's three to seven. You think they're coming off, but then they're not ready, and then they're not ready till 8.30 for whatever reason, and everybody's freaking out. So yeah, start early, take your time. Just when it's ready, pull it off. One suggestion I would make, when it doesn't matter whether you're using uh, you know, charcoal or gas, specifically for direct grilled items, um, steaks, burgers, roasts, um, don't overcook your meat. Because when you pull that meat off the grill, what you want to do is lightly tint it with foil because that meat is going to continue to cook for another 10 minutes. So my word of advice is, if it gets to just about the point you think it's done, pull it five minutes before that. Yeah, and then remember it's still cooking. I think the secret weapon is there is no secret weapon. There's no secret to good barbecue. People think there's some magical seasoning or injection or something, but it's really, uh, we start with the highest quality product, the best charcoal in the world. Is We use something called Royal Oak Charcoal, based out of Atlanta, but it's all Missouri Oak made in those arcs, and I'm, I'm, their, I'm their brand ambassador, so. Really? So it's the largest. Like literally, you're the brand yeah. ambassador? Yeah, okay. so it's, a lar it's the largest uh, lump charcoal company in the world. Uh, it's in, I mean, every, you, you would see it in every, everywhere. Everywhere you go, they have Royal 
up. And uh, you start with that, and, it, when, and lump charcoal is natural, and it gives a long, slow burn. And, and the important thing about barbecue that people don't understand is to have a really um, steady, long, steady temperature set. So you know, you grill at home, and you got the fire going, and you're you have a, your thermometer in there, and it's like 400 degrees, and it's 200 degrees, and it's up and down. You need to have a, a slow, steady, even temperature. So if you have like a good grill, like a good smoker, like a green egg, or even a Weber grill you can use. Um, the other thing I would recommend investing is a, it's called a Guru or a Pitmaster IQ. It's these little computers. They're not expensive. I mean, they're a hundred bucks maybe. And uh, what they, it, it's a little computer that you attach to your grill. And you can order it on Amazon or whatever. And it has a fan and a little blower on it and it kind of hooks into your fire pit. So you just, if you set your temperature on this barbecue guru at like say 250, and then you set it there and then when the temperature drops, it blows and stokes the fire or, you know, it, so it regulates your temperature. So it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Time and attention yeah. to detail seems yeah. to be some of the biggest things. Yeah. How do you maintain that while expanding like Very that? easy. Not very easy, but very easy. So um, we work with uh, old hickory pits. It's the it's it's. Uh, I mean, I can show them to you. Uh, they're made in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, we own a lot of them, and all of our operations have to have two to three of these. They're called old hickory pits, and they're basically if you go to the best barbecue restaurants in the country, all, all over the country, they're they're most likely using an old hickory pit, and it's basically just. Uh, I mean, it's science. Like the thing gets hot, it stays hot. We're not. It's not like I'm in Texas 30 years ago where I'm sitting there shoveling coals in the fire 24 hours a day. You basically set it, put the wood in, and then you can walk away for 12 hours. You know. And so it's, it has to do with um, you start out with the best product, and you have the best smoker. And we know the science behind the barbecue, like cooking it at a certain temperature. I, we cook it at 240 for like, whatever time it is. And they, people say like, how long? You cook it for and like I, I don't know until it's done but I, I know the temperature that I want to stop it at so and that's all you that's all you really need to know is just you have some a little bit of wood for some flavor and some time a little seasoning on there and you just let it go slow and you let the fat render out and that's what barbecue is all about and then I, I know where to stop it so we know where to stop it and then we have these really expensive holding cabinets that hold it like they hold it at a certain temperature so it retains moisture in it yeah. because it's not you know people we run out and all this place all the time and they're like well, how do you run out and it's like well it, it took 14 hours to cook it it's at four o'clock i'm not gonna be like oh we're out of brisket right and then just go throw it in the deep fryer right and then uh i didn't mean to say that they're and okay then, um, <laughs> and and so it's we, we when you when it's out it's out yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah well it's the thing though that's why it's kind of like it's a good thing we have a lot of different yeah. good options here in st louis because yeah. like on a saturday afternoon and if you're craving barbecue oh, yeah. like you got to check yeah. the time to throw a outdoor barbecue party right now, where would it be? What kind of music would you have playing? What would the vibe be for something like that? Uh, well, you gotta have some good old blues to go with your barbecue. Where it would be, uh, a nice park, and I think we'd do a whole hog, because those are pretty much fun. That makes a good party. Like a big Nobody would put me in charge of anything. Well, I'm putting you in charge right now, because I just yeah. haven't learned better yet. And what's the vibe? It's a family cookout or something. Like, you know, what, what's on your playlist? Where is oh, it? Oh, on my playlist? serving up, yeah. I might, well, my playlist is always reggae, or reggae, or, or the Clash, or sometimes maybe old school hip hop, something like that. And then if I'm in the mood, maybe some Grateful Dead or something. 
Um, I, I, I don't like all the news mumble rap stuff. It's kind of like, I got a lot of kids and they're always like in the house. It's like... SoundCloud rap, that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't like that. No. no. Nobody, I mean, I don't... I'm not trying to sound old or anything, but it, like it's, it's annoying to me. No, I don't like it either. Yeah. So, um, you know that. Um, I like to do burgers. Yeah. You know. I don't know. The vibe is probably. I don't know. White trash meets. I don't know. I don't know something else. <laughs> white trash bash. Yeah, meets class. Jeff Spicoli meets. I don't know something. Some kind of prison riot or something. I don't. I can't. It think sounds of. like a party. I it's usually, want to go it's, to. It's usually a fun party. <laughs> we have a barbecue uh, barbecue playlist that we've created in Spotify that we play at all the restaurants. Uh, but it's like a crowdsource thing, so there's a lot of random weird stuff on there, which I guess is also kind of our bag for our backyard bar barbecue. Like, we like everybody. We the weirder the better. You know, we love. What's weird? What's your definition of that? I don't know. Just like. Like sing-alongs or like jams, like. Yeah, like I like to flip in a lot of weighty Mitchell Buckaroo poet. Uh, he's a guy that talks poems over like banjo music in the background about being out on the range and stuff. That one always really gets the crowd pumping. So it's uh, Yeah, a lot of uh, Taylor Swift mixed in there. I don't know, everything, yeah. Cool. Tchaikovsky, we like to start when we're doing barbecue festivals with Tchaikovsky in the morning at like 6 a.m. and get like the whole kind of pick crew up and out of the out of the bed with classical music. I don't know, weird. Just get weird. I like Whatever it. works, yeah. I like so it. So now that we've got you pumped up, inspired, and hungry, go lick the barbecue sauce off your iPhone, fire up the grill, and get cooking. Barbecue is an art, and art is an opinion. So whatever you fancy, do whatever you like. Or maybe just fire up your car engine and head to your favorite barbecue spot. Um, Take it from out. But St. Louis is, is some of the best barbecue around. Side production. I'm Abby Larico. Executive producer is Dory Olmos. Technical support gurus are Cassidy Thomas and Colin Jeffrey. Our theme music is by Olivier Renoir, Jerome Fabi, and Pierre Dubost. I wonder if they've ever had barbecue. Thanks to Jennifer Feldman, Carol Sheehan, and Megan Brown for making these interviews happen. We'll be back Friday to run down the big events for Memorial Day weekend. Join our conversation on Instagram because we want to hear from you. What are your plans? And where do you stand on the great sauce debate? Be sure to follow and subscribe and go ahead and throw us a rating while you're at it. Until next time, seize the plate.